0: Welcome to The Bridge, a podcast exploring how we get to the future we really want. My name is Jared Michaels. I am a Zen priest, a psychotherapist, and a longtime student of this bridge. I am thrilled to be here with my friend and colleague Chris Searles and our guests as we try to build this bridge together.
1: to the bridge and welcome Damiana Carpizo, who, according to Jared, is a massage therapist extraordinaire. <laughs>
0: yes, welcome Damiana. Um, um, Damiana and I have known each other for over 10 years and she is now um, what we call a new old friend. And not just of mine, but of everyone in my family's. But she's actually much more than that. As Chris said, she's a massage therapist. She's based in the Bay Area on the border of Berkeley and Oakland. And you can and should book massages with her at artful-massage.com. But that title, massage therapist, may not get across how special I think she really is. I call her one of my healers, which is a word that I don't use very often. I use it very rarely. And on a few occasions, I've called her a medicine woman. Each time she refuses that title, but the phrase may convey how highly I think of her. She has studied various forms of bodywork in great depth, including Eslin deep bodywork, somatic coaching and cranial sacral massage. And when you're working with her, you have this feeling that you're moving through whatever shit you have, no matter how deep. So as I considered how we build this bridge, how we get to the world we want, it seemed obvious to me that it includes lots of physical healing and that Damiana would be an excellent person to talk to about it. So we're incredibly grateful that you're here with us today. And the final thing I'll mention is that Damiana is a reluctant guest. I had to ask her three or four times to be here before she said yes. So extra special thank you for doing this.
2: And canceled and rescheduled multiple times.
0: (laughs) And that too. I was secretly
2: hoping you would give up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Never. I might have. I might (laughs) have. If I had heard a real no from you, I would have given up. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, we'd like to start off really just hearing your description of what you do. And then also wondering if you can talk about why physical healing is so critical to creating the world that we want to live in.
2: Yeah. um, I came to this work through as many healers do a personal journey of a lot of pain, Uh, both physical pain, emotional pain of various sorts. And uh, the most basic principle is that there's no physical pain, in my opinion, that is separate from psychological or spiritual, misalignment. So I work with people from this understanding, even though it might seem like I'm just like working out some fascial adhesions or whatever, I'm coming in with the awareness that there's an energetic and emotional aspect to it, I think always. Um, and I'd say that the main thing that I do is bring loving presence. And as one of my teachers says, in this field of loving presence, things just begin to unravel. And I can, uh, you know, sense into tension patterns and contractions and um, yeah just different adaptations in the body Uh, and sometimes just feel into what's there behind on a more energetic level what's behind these physical patterns Um, and what that looks like it's you know from like soft tissue manipulation, to energy work, to guiding you verbally through some things you wanna work through. So it really depends on how open the person is to exploring and to receiving. Yeah, it takes many, many shapes.
1: I have a a good friend who's a a healer also, and he was just, hipping me or turning me on to this um, maybe relatively recent kind of science that that says most of the body is, most of the fascia is really more of a a mucosal structure. I probably have this wrong also. But I'm wondering if you experience different people um, in different hardnesses. You, You mentioned openness. I would say my sort of mental subconscious image of how I feel or how I feel about myself is expressed in the way I hold my body in these incredibly microscopic ways. And so as I work Absolutely. through it, yeah, so I wondering, yeah, wondering if you can comment on that a little bit.
2: Yeah, I'll say a little bit about fascia. Um, more than mucosal, so it's the um, soft tissue running throughout all your body into every cell through every organ. And it even, I read, goes down into, entwines into the DNA strand. So it's like a very much like net that we can see and then it it goes down into very like literally essence of our biology, right? And the thing about this fascia is that it's made out of collagen, collagen molecules are very, very uh, malleable. This is where the maybe mucosal image comes from, so again, it can be really hard and actually bones are fascia, but they're encrusted with minerals, but they're still just this fascial network solidified. And then it goes into, um, yeah, it can be a very, very liquidy and and kind of like more gelatinous medium. So there's a whole spectrum of density of fascia. And the thing about collagen is that is an amazing conductor of electromagnetic energy so the way that chi and life force and electromagnetic energy and um in more like sciency terms called piezoelectricity moves through our body is very much through this fascial system it's also connected to the meridian system and the way that these fascial trains are um kind of where the energy flows uh in the body and what was your question yeah, so it can be very densified and I connect this, this way in which the energy in the body is moving also very much to how we feel about ourselves, how we perceive ourselves and how um, our holding shapes of, of physicality are kind of structuring our consciousness. That makes sense.
0: It does make sense. I just imagine somebody who's listening, who's like, oh, that's interesting, but they want to hear like an example of how the, how we think about ourselves impacts our body.
2: Yeah. Jared, I know that you have a lot going on on your left side Uh (laughs) of your body.
0: That's true. Mm
2: -hmm. So... I would like you to check into that pattern right now, mm. and and feel into it, and actually exaggerate it. Can you do that?
0: I, I can. I'm just. <laughs> I've just never. I've never done um, this Alive. work. I've never done this work publicly. Reporting. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, also, just.
1: Hey, I'm understand. doing it too. I have a left side issue. I'm, I'm okay. I want both I'll of you to you.
2: just like. Really zone into your pattern of discomfort and contraction and and like exaggerate it mentally and physically. Yeah. <laughs> Are you doing it? I am. And now just tell me um, what's your story of yourself in this place? Or just a feeling or a word or something. Of how you're, perceiving well, I, you from this place.
0: I'll just say that I read an article this morning about the um, this uh, South American, South Native American elder, and who said that the the Earth is tired, Mother Earth is tired, and it resonated. This with, with this part of me. I'm realizing right now, like, I'm tired.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I would, for me, I would say weak and overwhelmed, which is similar to tired.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's some overwhelm in there.
2: Yeah. And so how are you relating to your body and how are you relating to your mind and how are you relating to the world around you from a place of depletion and weakness and,
0: Uh right? And also you know, um, uh, antagonism, you know, I'm like going I'm like, okay, deal with that later so that I could just be present, quote, present for this conversation.
2: Yeah. (laughs) The problem is that then most people just deal with it later always, and Mm -hmm. so they never deal
1: with it. Mm -hmm. Decades later. Right.
2: Yeah, until it becomes chronic and you're I don't know, develop some sort of unbearable thing or disease
0: or, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that was a good and surprising example. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm glad when I don't have the answer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yet. <laughs> um, and just to, just to report, just being, you know, uh, aware of it and giving that part of me voice and you know like like welcoming it into the into the conversation as it's shifting yeah it's shifting it's there's a there's more you know like inner harmony
2: yeah and a softening beautiful
0: yeah sorry go ahead
2: chris asked me why I think uh, physical healing is important for healing of the planet. Um, I think on one level, if we are really connected to our bodies, then we are more connected to the awareness that we are the earth, you know, that all the minerals in our bodies come from the soil and the energy comes from the food and the sun and all the water in our bodies also came from the ocean and the rivers and that we're not really separate from it. So if we're caring for ourselves from this awareness, we're inherently caring for life sustaining environment. And um, On a a more, maybe like esoteric level, I think that um, we can become more in tune with this inherent intelligence. That's the origin of all life systems and maybe non living systems as well. And that it's the force behind, behind nature really, and that we are nature and that when we can tap into that in our body, because that's where form is coming out of, then we can just connect to that also outside of our body.
0: And I have an answer uh, to this question, but just I think it'd be helpful to hear your answer. How does, how is that, that awareness? How is that you know tapping into that awareness um beneficial for the world
2: um the awareness of the inherent intelligence and everything Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. i think we just realized that we're not really separate i think that's where interrelatedness and interconnectedness and that we're just this one form of this expression of everything else that exists
0: i'll just then add from this place i think our actions are 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 in harmony with with this with this truth yeah which is a big deal you know it's like Instead of yeah, like we'll 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 what we create will be in in harmony with everything instead of you know um what the opposite. I,
1: I have a thought to throw in, although no, I don't want to take the train on to a different track or anything, but um, also to me what you're talking about, Damiana, is um, just probably a relanguaging of everything you guys of each kind of said, but this idea of, um, you know, reconnecting, because you remove the barriers, you're removing the pain that you're obsessed with, there's, there's different ways that we become self-centered in a, in a bad Mm -hmm. way. And like, I love, I love when you said caring for ourselves, this is a, you know, paraphrase, caring for ourselves is uh, innately about caring for the environment. But some people could take that and think, oh, great, so I should get that you know all those materialist things that make me feel like i'm taking good care of myself and what you're talking about is an actual f- relationship with your physical body caring for that part mm-hmm. of the self and and if you're someone which probably each of us has been or is now who's carrying and, and everyone does through life is is carrying physical pain it's it's like being a, an egomaniac in a way you can't stop thinking about it you know you can't stop thinking about yourself and so you'll never find that harmony because you're not able to connect, you're not as open, you're not as soft, yeah. And um, it occurred to me, Jared, when you know after we kind of put it out there that we both have these uh, physical things that make us feel tired and and so forth. That's part of the construct as well as you know of of this physical manifestation as the overwhelm piece of it is like f- so close to fear. You know, you just like, it's like depression. You just can't deal anymore because there's too many things happening at once. And so, you you know, you fragment yourself. You you disconnect, try to get into a, whatever, a nice internet connection on your phone in a dark room where no one can bother you and you can watch movies all day long or whatever it is and, and not deal with how you actually physically feel. So I just see all of these kinds of different approaches to the same idea of unburdening yourself so that you can reconnect to this, I would say, miracle of a temporary existence, you know, yeah. to be sort of what we're talking about here. And I think it's so amazing yeah. that you said that. <laughs> I didn't expect you to say that that way. I I, I um, yeah. I, I really relate to um, this from a, a few levels, so I'm, I'm happy to hear you introduce those things as the foundation of what's happening.
2: Thank you for
0: sharing that. And I I just um, trust that that, that that will be responded to like throughout the rest of the conversation. Yeah. You uh, once told me this story uh, that, that really stuck with me. And um, uh, I think you might know that's influenced me a lot as a therapist myself. It was about a memorial service for one of your teachers during this service. It I don't know if you heard about it or it just sank in how much this teacher taught you about defenses. He helped you get that in order to work through them, you really need to honor them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It rings a bell. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering um, if you could talk a little bit about how to skillfully work with defenses. And before you respond, I would like to share a totally unoriginal observation that as we become adults, we tend to become defended. (laughs) And I believe that the more we return to authenticity and vulnerability, the better activists we become. Um, so, So to me, this question is really important
2: yeah um, yeah I think returning to authenticity and vulnerability is part of this the softening of the body and the softening of the physical body, the energy body that then allows you to feel the interconnectedness and belonging yeah to, to the earth to others. Um, yeah, it wasn't I didn't go to his memorial, but it was something that was just very present in his teaching. One of my teachers, uh, John Chitty, and he passed away in the middle of our training from cancer. But he would say that um, when noticing in in our uh, lingo, it's called an imprint, a defense. In noticing the imprints and the shapes in which the energy, physical pattern likes to uh, tighten or get blocked or get dense or, you know, all these different ways in which we defend, which, as I said, correspond to uh, defenses of the psyche as well. Um, That the first and maybe second after loving presence. Uh, essential thing to do was to appreciate that the pattern, the imprint had come from from the same intelligence as that is um, organizing the body and, you know, telling every little cell in your body what to do. Um, that initially it's a very intelligent intelligent response to something that was very shocking or traumatic or that, you know, It was a way in which in that moment, your organism, your mind, your emotional being learned what to do, given the resources that it had in that moment. And then in that moment, it was the best that it could do. So if you're being abused by your parent or something, then like losing connection from your body is an extremely intelligent response, right? It might not serve you in the long run, but in that moment it is. And so when it is acknowledged in that way, it can begin to, to soften and then you invite it to, to reorient to uh, the now and not to be, be this, you know, outdated response. And um, yeah, does that answer your question?
0: yes Yes. yeah Yeah. beautifully beautifully (laughs) really i have no follow-up questions i have no just (laughs) just, it's it's just to me it just speaks volumes what you said and it doesn't it's not like just to it it doesn't it's it's not just about fi- the physical contraction. It's not like just about the physical boundaries. It's like you can also start with the psyche. You know, it can be yeah. Uh, right, just well, whatever we believe those the, those same can those same. Uh, it's kind of like a worldview, get hardened, and uh, in 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 the past, and we can invite people you know, respectfully, you know, meet them, meet them with compassion with whatever that hardened worldview is. And then ask them once they've gotten enough compassion, like, is it still true? And what does it mean? What does it mean for your whole system when you let in the answer? Can you let yourself adjust to the, to that answer?
2: Yeah. Is it still true? And what was right about that in that moment? Mm. And then it helps you connect to the intelligence of it in that moment. Mm.
0: I like that step.
2: And the appreciation.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. I like but I'll, that. Step a lot. I'll also
2: add that to me, the body and the psyche are just a continuum. I think mm. I've shared with you often how. I think the body is the topography of the unconscious and often like the the land of the shadow you know where we're like trapping all these experiences and things that were too much for us at some point and when we're not growing our capacity to be with them then just they stay locked up in different parts of our bodies and that that is Shaping the psyche and vice versa.
0: I love that you brought that in. I love that that saying of yours or that saying that you use the body is the topography of the unconscious.
1: Love it. That's certainly my experience too. So, yeah, to me, that the two are the two drive each other. There's no way to really figure out if it's a chicken or an egg. You know, there's there's whatever mental stuff um, like even you know just a uh, offhanded phrase any person can say your kid or your spouse or someone in traffic cutting you off anything um, that can hurt your feelings and then express itself physically and uh, vice versa if you have a, if a physical trauma that you can't manage at the time then you carry it forever and ever and it starts to Um, like I was saying about for me feeling weak like then when that moment comes because you haven't been able to let go of that physical trauma it feels like you're being sort of conquered again or um, you know you you don't have the strength that you had a moment ago that's just fascinating to me there's another story Damiana that that Jared um, or, or rather phrase that jared mentioned that we'd like you to talk about if you can that's this idea of um, people needing to unwind the imprint into the blueprint and i really don't know what that means can you (laughs) can you talk about what the imprint is and what the blueprint is and what unwinding it means and what the process of unwinding is or yeah
2: we've been talking about it all along so the imprint is the defense it's the layer of contraction it's the Adaptive response to the challenges of life, and this is, you know, physically, physio, um, psychologically, and and all levels, spiritually. That's the imprint, and it's all the layers, right? All the layers that you were talking about. This keep us disconnected and tense and contracted and in certain patterns of funk. <laughs> And defendedness.
1: Not the good kind of funk.
2: <laughs> and disconnection. <laughs> and the, imp- the blueprint, the blueprint is the, I'd say, the pulsation, the flow, the ways in which the organizing and the energy of genesis of life is moving through the body and moving through all living things.
1: Can I ask in relation to that, have you studied or thought about how animals and plants respond to physical trauma in this field of imprint and blueprint?
2: Um, a little bit. Like I know that animals are just really good at shaking something, you know, shaking a intense experience um, and moving energy that way and just dumping out the excess and then coming to a more nervous system kind of regulated neutral when there's shock of some kind. Uh, Plants, I'm not so sure. But I have read, you know, all these studies of like, light detectors connected to plants and how they're responding uh, when you put like fire close to them or even when you're just like sending threatening thoughts even if you're not close to the plant the plant will have a reaction to your threatening thought and it's fascinating
1: yeah yeah I, I mean this is kind of going off the beaten path a little bit but I I just as someone who's thinking about plants and animals a lot right now I' I've started to armchair theorize that it is the brain that, you know, really, the human brain that really causes us to hold on to some of these things in some way. Um, that animals can let go of traumatic experiences, it seems, and, and be yeah. more in the present than us human animals. Plants are a different construct we don't have to get into, but.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think part of the difficulty with imprints is that we get to, we get very attached to these stories and we become so identified with our traumas and our this and our that, you know? And then you can, you asked me about unwinding and you can actually, as a body worker, find places of, um, you know, like stuck char, stuck energy in the body and have different ways of opening it up and allowing the body to sort of diffuse it and release it. But if we don't change the story around that experience, it's just gonna it's just gonna come back and like do its contraction all over again.
1: It's amazing. The, it's the, really amazing. The, deep,
2: the disidentification um, and the reorienting of of. Consciousness in in relation to our body um, is so important.
1: Yeah, do either one of you have any, oh, sorry.
2: Well, I would just say it it takes a lot of effort because pain is really loud and discomfort is very loud and it just like completely sucks up our attention. And then that's like the only thing we can think of when our shoulder is like in a funk, right? So it takes, Extra effort to, to open out from that and um, expand consciousness outside of pain and discomfort.
1: Yeah. The, and there are, there's a, for me personally, there's a really interesting aspect of the healing, which is my, I guess, emotional thoughts when I'm doing this sort of work by myself of trying to just let go of these held tensions. My brain is telling me, you can't possibly do that the whole time. That's the way it is. Like, it's fixed. And, um, and then yet, for me, the process is like focusing on a, this stuff in my left shoulder or whatever. And if I can sort of pinpoint, like a body worker mentally, where it is and sort of breathe it out a little bit, it will go away. It's like a pouring water on salt or a sugar cube mm-hmm. or something. It just dissolves. It's like we have this incredible capacity to like plants to sort of let go of something and then grow in a new way or hold ourselves in a new way but our brains are telling us that whatever has happened like you said the noise is so loud the pain is so loud that it can't be overcome well um, I
0: think I think the word identification is really important that you brought in Damiana um, it's this it's the it's the story that it's the belief, actually. it's the belief that it's impossible. that's that's that in Zen, it's talked about as like a um, rigid beliefs are talked about as as somebody walking around with like a ten foot plank of wood on their shoulder. It's just bonks into everything.. <laughs>
2: I like that. That's a good one.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And rigid beliefs are also just very well paved and traffic paths in our neurology. So um, that's why it's important to deviate the attention away from those. It takes a lot of effort.
1: Yeah, I'll sort of to try to bring all that back to where I started. That's the reason I asked about different types of body sort of hardnesses it's because I, I have the sense that a lot of people who are closed or are opposed to some of these um, kind of conversations that, <clears throat> that Jared and I like to have about an optimal future for the world is because they don't believe but it's not a it's not a religious belief or a political belief it's a physical it's like somatic identification and you just yeah. think I'll never get rid of that thing in my back or whatever you know I'm cursed for life
0: Or I'll never, like the state of the world is, is what is impossible to improve. Exactly. And just to riff a little bit on what you were talking about earlier, Dami, about how taking care of, you know, our bodies is, it's like a microcosm of the world. It is a, Mm -hmm. it is a place of taking care of the world. Um, Mm -hmm um if we can get if we can loosen up that like the concrete belief that it's impossible to work with our earlobe or whatever whatever the the belief the is, is whatever the imprint is <laughs> okay. then then it loosens it 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 teaches us that all imprints are malleable yeah Is this a good um, place to, to ask you another question?
1: Yeah. Sure. All right. <laughs> I, if he doesn't, I will just nerd out and keep going in this circuitous direction <laughs> that I like to go in.
2: Either way.
0: <laughs> well, I'm going to ask. I don't, I don't mind you nerding out. I,
2: more fun than, than I anticipated.
0: <laughs> oh, how about that?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Gotta update the blueprint or the imprint.
0: Yeah. You're sure. So um there's something else you've given me that's uh made a big impact on me. It's this image of the whole world tangled up in a big ball of string.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And our job. Is to disentangle, mm-hmm. and I love that image. And so my my first question is, did I do justice to the image? And my second question is, I'm wondering what helps you disentangle.
2: Um, I think I offered that image, and when we were talking about the collective, the collective unconscious and how personal work relates to, and this is the topic from the beginning, how personal healing is related to collective healing. And um, yeah, I often have this image of like the collective unconscious being this tightly tangled up ball of different colored yarn. And we're all our own little color of yarn. And I don't know if you've ever disentangled a ball of yarn but yes you know, I, have, like, I have
0: two little kids
2: oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> well you take one thread and then you work that yeah all the little holes and on mm-hmm. right and the, uh-huh. the more you do that then the whole thing starts to loosen up and open and so I that's just a metaphor that's helpful for me and in, in terms of a uh, on the one hand like justifying all the things that I do to heal my own self that don't leave me a lot of room for active uh, environmentalism or <laughs> things like that and also just um, yeah how um, doing our own work is essential is essential for collective healing
0: so there's There's a, I've, I've two follow-up questions. One is the, so, so we, so we are each one string in the, in the metaphor.
2: Yeah. And you have your own color
0: and you have your own color. (laughs) Okay. I like it. And the other question is, you know, I know you said this just sort of almost as an aside, but you, you said that since you don't have a, a lot of time for active environmentalism or act something like that and mm-hmm. i i wondered if you were if you if if like you're if you fully credit give yourself credit for the for the activism of the work you do
2: uh yes yes i do
0: you just you just contrast it to you know like you know more traditional activism, activism. activism. That, that's what you meant yes.
2: that's what i meant yeah i see and also to the very uh, kind of uh widely accepted idea that pers- doing personal work is selfish i see and to like narrow and like why does it matter if you're working on your own psyche when you're not fighting for the watersheds or you know
0: you're saying it doesn't both matter yeah yeah and i guess everything we've talked about today is about how to disentangle right
2: yeah yeah so how do i disentangle um being in nature connecting with others having these conversations um all the different healing modalities body work therapy energy work mindfulness movement um work with psychedelics
0: i really appreciate you that came up for me too i was gonna say it if you didn't i was gonna say it if you didn't
2: yeah the thing about i think one of the reasons why this kind of psychedelic psychedelic therapy are like blooming right now is that it's it's so effective in facilitating the unwinding and the opening of the body and uh Shifting consciousness, shifting consciousness from a very somatic place, and that we can then, like, very easily just tap into this awareness of interconnection, and that we can. Um, this that I went on a whole nother tangent, but yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's okay.
2: I want to
1: hear about that tangent, actually. Me too.
2: Well, I think that, you know, although there are many subtle ways of disentangling and working with psychedelics is a completely non-subtle way and that we're so layered and contracted and wound up that these uh, things, substances, medicines, spirit medicines that are more Intense in their effect are just so important for how locked up we are in these times. So important in their in their efficiency and in untangling and opening us up.
0: I I don't think it's an accident that we're, you know, uh, close it seems to rescheduling. Um, a psilocybin and um, mdma
1: say that again you know, i don't think
0: accident that that we're close the you know there's all these uh studies that the
1: or rescheduling that's like a professional terminology maybe
0: that's a that's professional terminology yes. yeah each legal each each, each legal. uh changing the legal, status not, not of it. Right, right. Well, yeah. legal, it's legal a, with a, a prescription. You know, with the prescription and under yeah. certain, uh, certain circumstances.
1: Yeah, you know, it's getting coming off the blacklist onto the therapy therapy. Yes,
0: list. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's it's a it's going to be scheduled differently. That's what that means.
1: Yeah. So something that is probably also very armchair, but. Um, substantial to me is and not to be too much of a nature lover although I am but um we all are we all are the so a couple of threads that you guys can comment on um, the the sort of psychedelics which is maybe not even the best word when you're talking about this in a rescheduled context cuz i always think of psychedelics i think of the 60s and you know a different kind of association with The experience, but um, that uh, most of the the rituals that are being explored right now, or the practices rather that are being explored right now, are about kind of going to these shamanistic places, right? Not about doing acid, as it were, and tripping, but about getting into a a sweat lodge type of you know nature based context. And I'm so I don't know if this is right or not. I'm kind of asking you both: is that how these therapies are being executed or carried out. And then also the reason I think that's so significant is because when you're talking about somatic wisdom maybe in in each of our bodies, because I do feel like the body is a smarter processor than the brain for me personally. Um, That the, the somatic truth as it were is this same thing that you see, like the very first thing you mentioned Damiana was that you go to nature You know, you you go into nature to unravel or unwind. And for me, what that's about is that there is sort of ultimate truth in nature. And you can get away from the the baggage that is in the human world and just look at a a leaf on a tree or something and be like that leaf only knows how to do, you know, that truth of what it's doing right now. It's not, there's no games here. This is all real. So anyway, I'm, I'm just wondering if, if there is a practice of going into nature for these um, trips and, and healing experiences, or if it's sort of in the office on the couch that they're taking place and, and if you and likewise if you guys connect it to the somatic truth the f- truth in nature. If all that is working together. I'm very bad at asking questions with a question mark at the end, by the way. I just sort of like to throw things out for comment, but does that resonate with either one of you? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, Tommy, you're welcome to jump in, um, but if not, I'm, I'm happy to start. Start. Right. Okay. Uh, I don't think either of us can speak for like medicine work, for psychedelic work. It's so, there are so many, um, there's such a big underground there's, uh, where, where, you know, the, it ranges from, you know, still like party party it's happening in parties and totally on,
1: uh, micro dosing and
0: not, uh, not, not carefully. No, no, I would say in those settings, it's probably macro dose, big, big doses, um, and there's, there is a microdosing movement, um, which is, uh, you know, just like a little bit of LSD or a little bit of a psilocybin, um, that's usually done just in like while while we're living our regular lives. Um, and then there's this, uh, then there's a lot, there is a lot of, uh, nature-based work being done there's a lot of work being done um in clinics you know there's a lot of uh, uh there are a lot of studies happening under the fda um and uh, uh with so anyway lots of lots of variation
2: yeah um, all the ways group ceremonies indoors outdoors Mm-hmm. Um, personal journey rooms, one on one with one therapist. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. there's all expressions happening.
1: Okay, and yeah.
0: then I also I also heard in your question, Chris, uh, uh, you know, a curiosity. It, it was it's a not quite clear to me, but curiosity about about why being in nature is so useful and. I uh I don't know if if um you're you wanna you wanna take that one, Dami?
2: Um well what I thought of immediately was this uh a passage from Michael Pollan's new book where he's uh talking about his experience on one of his experiences on mescaline and he's Uh, surprised in that this substance and mescaline is an active ingredient in peyote and San Pedro. And he's like, I was, it was not your usual psychedelic experience where you're like off somewhere meeting aliens or seeing all these colorful things or in some kind of fascinating part of your psyche. He's like, it's, it's a medicine of opening the doors of your perception to this reality and to how incredible it is and to how and that if we were in that state where our our consciousness is open to what is here now that we'd be so completely enthralled and in awe of the tiniest little flower and leaf and you know he um yeah we 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 wouldn't wouldn't get anything done. He's like, we'd just be in perpetual awe of what is here.
0: And I know this is very uh, un-American of me, but I think that would be a good thing. Yeah, me too.
2: That would be a good thing. (laughs) And not that we need masculine to reach that experience, you know, if we just thought about what it took to, create these bodies and how like this proton needed to have this particular charge and that electron, this particular charge for them to come together. And then for those atoms to have that particular quality to come together with other atoms and create these molecules and the particularity of these molecules to then combine and create more sophisticated compounds and on and on to create the incredible sophistication of these bodies and of life And then on a more macro level, that we had to be at this particular distance from the sun for life to be possible, you know, it's like, it's all so incredible. Like, why are we in complete awe and reverence of existence all the time?
1: (laughs) Yes, my question as well. (laughs) To add to that, there's a, I recently finally started to kind of get to know the Native American story a little bit better by talking to this friend of mine, Vance Black Fox, about the Native American apocalypse and where that kind of consciousness is now for for Native Americans. And he told me before he would do it that I had to read a book by this um, incredible intellectual named Vine Deloria Jr. And he talks about Fine talks about how the American government and the American culture looked at native peoples 200 years ago, 100 years ago, et cetera, and thought they were incompetent because they didn't work all the time. They didn't tear down their forests, put in tobacco fields or factories, or they just thought that these people didn't know what they were missing, the, you know what opportunity they were they were missing by basically spending time hanging out together, spending time with their families, Spending time in connectedness to all of these miracles of existence, and um, you know, it's just a, it's a, an interesting kind of schism between the story of the white dominant European then American conquest of the world and this reality of an indigenous culture that we still have, uh, that is l- sort of in, living in the space that you're talking about. How amazing it is to be here at all, and appreciating that. So, I mean, I, I think we can we can integrate the two. We have to, also. But I also think that this somatic self knowledge is is the way that I'm getting there. Um,
2: mm. I like hearing that.
1: Yeah. So I think that's the way it's going to be for a lot of people. I, you know.
0: I'm just integrating what you, what you just said. I was just, I'm just thinking, which I often do about the etymology of the word apocalypse, Mm. which means to reveal or uncover. And I, I believe it's, you know, that we're interconnected. That we're that, 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 and we, and we, and it's being uncovered, not just, mentally but somatically and i think that the that the the pain of the world is teaching us it's it's sort of catalyzing us to 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 do this work faster so i'm just i'm just wondering how, like how that's working on on people how is the pain of the world you know, speeding this up. I don't know if either of you have a, any thoughts about that, but um, you don't have to. I could just, just keep wondering. Um,
2: you're wondering how the pain of the world is speeding this up. Yes. This Coming back to interconnectedness
0: and, and what? Yeah, the,
2: the 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 I'm just trying to understand your question.
0: Yeah, yeah, to, to interconnectedness, to to awareness of of of. You know what what you are. Of what I what of of uh. I would, I would call it our true relationship with the world. You know, I think of the, that we're, 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 so we, so believe this is just going to be, you know, classic Buddhism or, but anyway. So we, so one of the, the, um, the, the deepest imprints is that we are separate from the world and
1: and yet that's painful
0: and it's oh it's very painful because it's not true so i'm just wondering how the pain of the you know the collective pain which is increasing like pretty rapidly you know due to the wildfires and covid and immigration all sorts of you know, difficult, difficult things, um, is, 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 is like, is, is this, is the, like, is are is something being revealed or uncovered for us? Like, is this be, is that actually, is this happening now? And like, how is the, how is the pain of the world like actually aiding this process? Yeah.
2: Well, pain is the urgency behind motivation and action, They're a big part of the urgency. And uh, I remember when I was in a period of a lot of intense personal pain and like had a hard time coming out of that, that I was like, okay, there are, there are two possibilities. There are three possibilities. I either jump off a bridge or I completely numb and become some kind of substance addict, or I do the work that I need to do to heal and come back to wholeness. So I think we all are gonna go on one of those possibilities and hopefully the latter for most humans, I pray.
0: I pray too. I would like to add a fourth possibility that we turn toward fundamentalism. Hmm. Not the not a good possibility, but a real one.
1: That's um, what you said, Damiana. I think is maybe a good bridge, if you will, to the the final question here. Um, so, kind of the main reason. Well, the first main reason we're doing this podcast is because we like to ask, ask each guest what the future looks like, what the world looks like, if we get get it right, as it were. So what does an optimal future look like to you in this context of what we're talking about? And if, if we transformed our culture in all the right ways, how might we as individuals and as a society take care of our bodies and ourselves?
2: Um, yeah, I think we've already, Uh, touched on some of the answers. Um, Harmony, harmony, walking on this planet, knowing that life is a gift and that embodiment is a gift. And as one of my yoga teachers used to say, the earth the universe has gone through all this trouble for centuries and millennia to create you in this form right now and that's the gift And mm-hmm. if we get it right but you know I don't think it's I don't think it's that complicated I think that just walking being on this planet connected to the sacredness of life and the gift of living in this body that's so, such a sophisticated instrument that allows us to hug and taste and move and think and speak. It's coming back to the awe, to the awe of what we have now and that, and also to, um, yeah, the gratitude
0: for it. I love that. I love it too. I love it too. And I, and just, I just just think, um, well, first of all, I, of I all, saw I... us walking around knowing like that, what you're talking about with uh, that Michael Pollan story, like walking around really appreciating, like smelling the roses. And being amazed by the roses and being amazed by everything. I just, I, I, uh, by, you know, our lives. I just saw this, which I often have in these conversations, maybe every time, but I see, so this, we're calling this podcast The Bridge, and I see like, uh, it's like some of the, some of the bricks on the bridge like light up and like take us the whole way across. And I see them lighting up as you're talking about this. Um, yeah. And and the other thing I just want to say is that I'm so grateful you said yes. You said yes. And you enjoyed it. <laughs> What's that?
2: I actually did. <laughs> yeah, what did you
0: say before that? I, I,
2: I had a little just add on story to your Please. smelling the roses. Yeah. that um, I had this client that had a very weird type of liver cancer. And sometimes it would, he'd be totally fine. And then at some point something would activate. And if he didn't get treatment, like incredibly sophisticated treatment within a certain number of hours, he would just die. And he had to like fly to Germany to get this treatment right away because it wasn't accessible in this country. So it was a very dramatic situation like that. And and he, when he was feeling fine, he would just do so much work for, I mean, a lot within cancer, but just so dedicated to humanity. It was unbelievable. And I'm like, how is it for you to, to live like this? You know, like any minute you could just, you would be off in India somewhere or you can't get to your treatment in Germany and you'll, die he, and his answer was just like enjoy every sandwich
1: <laughs> that's amazing
2: you know <laughs> like really live this more it sounds so cliche but really enjoy every sandwich it's mm-hmm. it does, it's simple it's simple and and uh i think just from from that from like realizing the preciousness so much comes so much giving and fully living comes
0: well thank you for the word teacher comes up for me today thank you for being a teacher you don't have to accept it if you don't want to (laughs) the word thank you for coming though thank you for you know hanging out with us and um um sharing good good wisdom
1: yes and this conversation could go on and i i, I also hear you saying in a way like this and i, I like that you put this awesome sophisticated appreciation and understanding into a simple gratitude into a simple awe that You know, it's like the ability to, I'm sure your somatic, you know, skill set is vast and you've done tons of study and worked with so many different people over the years and you know so many things, but you don't necessarily want to intellectualize them, that you're working more from this um, kind of empowered intuitive place um, and keeping it simple and and grounded in gratitude and an awareness of the, the awe is, I just, I I love hearing that about your work. So thank you very much for being with us. Thanks for having me. We've been talking with Damiana Carpizo, a gifted massage therapist and healer based in the East San Francisco. To book a session with Damiana, go to artful-massage.com. Jared cannot recommend her highly enough. Thanks again, Damiana.
0: so I can tame my monkey mind I wanna be a monkey